Welcome to Into the Deep, a podcast by Gosford Parish, the Shrine of St. John Paul II. Join us each week as we dive deeper into the upcoming Sunday's Gospel readings and explore the things Christ is doing in our hearts and in yours. Whether you're new to the faith or have been following Jesus for a long time, you are most welcome here. In the words of St. John Paul II, do not be afraid, do not be satisfied with mediocrity, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. everyone and welcome back to Into the Deep. You're joined as always by Jamie. I am the parish formation and shrine of St. John Paul II coordinator here at East Gosford and yeah I'm so excited to dive into the gospel with you this week. Back to just you and me hanging out, chatting, exploring what Jesus is doing in all of our lives and what he is trying to reveal to us through the scripture. And so yeah, hope you're having a great week. Let's just dive right into this week's gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the labourers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. And when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a Daenerys. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the householder, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. The Gospel of the Lord. Wow, quite an interesting gospel to dive into together this week, I think. And I know you have probably heard that saying before that the first will be last and the last will be first. Often it's used in the context of trying to kind of make us feel better about when we feel like something is unfair or we feel like something we're missing out on something and we have to wait and we're being patient and other people are getting things or receiving God's blessing or things like that and we hear that that saying of the first will be last the last will be first you know our patience will be rewarded but when we dive into what's actually going on in this week's gospel it's really interesting to look at the context of where this actually came from because this comes from a parable where Jesus is sharing this story about this vineyard and the owner of the vineyard, who we recognize in the story as God, and then the workers in the vineyard who, you know, are the people that are laboring, they've labored all day, and yet the the other laborers who come in in the last hour of the day, you know, and the the owner of the vineyard says to them, like, why have you been standing here all day? They say, no one hired us. 
And so he puts them to work and yet they are the ones that are awarded first. You know, they get the the silver coin, the Daenerys first over the other workers who have been there all day, slaving away all day and they get the same amount. And, you know, when they, they ask the, the owner and they question him about this, it's really interesting the answer that is given because it is, well, I gave you what I promised you. So I am giving you exactly what we agreed upon. And yet, because you are looking around at other people and are saying that that's unfair and, you know, being envious and jealous that they put in maybe less work than you and receive the same reward, you're actually missing out on the fact that I'm giving you the reward that I promised you. And as Christians, I think often we can hear this and kind of maybe relate it to this whole idea that, okay, well, I'm living my life as this quote unquote, good Christian, good Catholic. I'm going to mass. I'm giving to the poor in my community. I'm reading scripture. I'm praying. I'm actively involved in my parish or my community in whatever way that means for you. And yet there are people who may encounter Jesus far, far later down the track and maybe begin to take their faith seriously and begin to do the same work that you perhaps have been doing your whole life, maybe only a short time before they um, receive eternal life. And we can look at that and think like, hang on, if God is cares about things being fair and about justice, then how can that be right? You know, like those workers, you know, they've been slaving away all day. How can it possibly be fair that they receive the same reward as you know, these people that perhaps haven't been working as hard. And, you know, then that probably turns into the question of like, are there different levels of heaven or should there be different levels of heaven? Sometimes we can think that of like, well, I've earned my spot and so I should get to receive my reward quicker than other people. And yet we see here that God reveals his heart to us, which is what he does in scripture. And he is is showing us that that's actually not how the kingdom of heaven works, that it is not something one on merit it reminds us of a really important truth in our catholic faith which is that we need faith and works you know that we are saved through grace and through works together that you know the two cannot be separate that you know like the like the laborers find that you know it is obviously by the grace of god that we are able to attain our salvation through jesus christ but yet our works are so intertwined with that because like like Jesus shares in this in this parable, like the the guy standing outside not doing anything, and yet they are invited to not just stand idle. They are invited to participate in the work regardless of how long they might be working for, whether it is an hour or all day or whatever it looks like. And I think that it's a really beautiful reminder to us that we actually don't earn our salvation, that it is given to us freely as a gift through Jesus, through the, the ultimate sacrifice that he made. And so it's not something that we are just given, but something that we are asked and invited to participate in with God himself. I think something really beautiful that this passage emphasizes for us is just the relentless and boundless mercy and generosity of God. You know, like you look at the landowner and the fact that he's paying all his laborers the same wage, despite the fact that they've worked different hours, you know, like imagine if it worked like that, you know, here here in our, our society today, that we all were just paid the same for doing a job, 
regardless of how long at that job we actually worked you know people that would that would be so unfair in our eyes and it's really interesting that in this context the reason why Jesus is telling us this parable is not to tell us that you know like we should all just not bother and not put in the effort because like whatever we'll get the same reward but rather reminding us of just how boundless the the generosity and this mercy of God is that you know if we have people in our lives who haven't encountered the Lord and you know we worry for those who are experiencing really hard times and don't have don't have that faith or things like that that you know this reminder that the last will be first and the first will be last that it is never too late you know, I think this is something really beautiful that I was reflecting on during this, during reading this scripture, that it's never too late. You know, that God offers salvation and eternal life to all who accept his invitation, regardless of their past or how late they come to the faith, the mistakes that we make, none of that matters. As long as we enter into this relationship with God and we commit ourselves to him fully and open up our hearts to what he's trying to do in them fully. I think this is really the beautiful part of what of what this parable conveys to us that every person in God's eyes is valuable, worthy of his love and salvation. He has decided that they are worth saving irrespective of our background, our life circumstances, our personal history and really the requirement for us as Christians to not look at other people with resentment or to feel like maybe I'm owed something because I'm quote unquote a good Catholic or anything like that, but rather to cultivate this humility and gratitude over this envy and jealousy that we see at the end of the parable. You know, this this statement at the end that the last will be first and the first will be last really underscores the mysterious nature of God for us. It really reminds us that God's ways are not always understandable for us or predictable by our human standards which ultimately encourages us to trust in God to trust that he has a plan and that while we might not understand that plan for ourselves and for other people in our lives that's also part of our faith is being able to trust trust that God plans to bring all people into the fullness of his life that he desires the salvation of all I love saint faustina's diary and i remember there's these words that she shared in that that she said jesus had you know spoken to her and it was this one little line and it really stuck with me this idea that i want to catch them all i want to catch them all and you know i love this like fisherman imagery that we often associate as well there's a bunch of stories where where Jesus shares, you know, you're going to be catchers of men to the disciples, this this challenge of what their, their lives as disciples look like. And I love this reminder to us that Jesus wants to catch them all. He wants to bring all of us to him. And whether we have already encountered his love, we're still searching for it, or we haven't quite yet, or we know people that haven't, I think often we, we need that reminder that God loves each of us, you know, that we all have this innate human dignity, we are all made in the image and likeness of God, and that we are each a unique expression of God's love here on earth, you know, that I am a unique way in which God expresses himself on this earth that will has never been seen before in the whole of human history and will never be seen again after I pass away, and I think that that is 
such a beautiful and powerful reminder and as i'm saying it i'm like i need this reminder as well because how often do we forget that and not only for ourselves how often do we forget that not only are we made in the image and likeness of god and a unique expression of his love but so so is everyone else around us i really uh, i really admire the way that saint john paul ii lived his life because he really lived with this emphasis on this idea that Every single person he met is a unique expression of God's love. It's reflected in theology of the body, which if you've never dived into, I really recommend. Um, But I remember hearing stories of his life of, you know, like people would meet him and then they would see him again years later and he would he would remember them. And you'd think like he's the Pope. He's met so many people and Sergio Paul II traveled more and he's pontificate than any other person had like in human history and yet he would see someone and remember that he'd met them before and that really speaks to the heart of how he lived his life that he recognized that each person was so important because god had made them in his image and how often do we struggle to see that in other people and to treat them as if they are a really valuable person in the eyes of god you know i think that's a really big challenge for us he i remember reading in um his five loves by jason everett all about the life of St. John Paul II. And he shared the story of this bishop who met the Pope, Pope JP II, and was super excited to meet him. And when they met, the the Pope was like, no, we've definitely met before. I know we've met before somewhere. And the bishop was like, trust me, I think I would remember if we'd met before. Like, we definitely haven't. And then a couple of days later, they were at this big conference um the pope john paul ii he came up to this bishop and was like i met you when you were in the you know he was in a parish in um poland and that was when john paul ii was the um bishop the archbishop of krakow and the the bishop was just like whoa like how does he remember me and he reflected on that thinking like wow i felt so seen and so valued And I think the beauty of St. John Paul II was he gave people this taste of what a relationship with God is like, that God fully sees us, fully loves us. And we should be giving other people a taste of what that's like as well. We should be living in the image of Jesus. And living in the image of Jesus isn't about just looking like Jesus on the surface, but deep down, like making that effort to get to know people, to love people well, you know, to labor all day in that vineyard and to do that for the kingdom of god and not to be filled with resentment of like why do i have to work harder than other people but rather realizing that we have such a special role as well and such a profound place in the kingdom of heaven and you know it's it's a beautiful invitation that we get to be invited into to work to work in that vineyard and yeah, I think I really just want to leave you with that that encouragement because it was something that I was really thinking about while I was reading the scripture and it wasn't really where I was expecting to go with it, to be honest, but I think it's something that we, we often need that reminder of. I know I do sometimes of like, oh, I'm actually seen and loved by God and I am necessary and the gifts I have are for a purpose and he knows that purpose and I need to trust in him and I know I definitely need that reminder so I hope if you needed it too that I could be that reminder to you you know that you are a unique expression of God's love 
on earth and there's nothing that's ever been seen like it before nothing that ever will again and how beautiful is that it's it's one of my favorite things about god that he loves us each so uniquely you know it's not just like a copy and paste kind of love it's really specific and unique to each of us and so beautiful so good god is so good and to finish off let's end off in some prayer all together And to end off our our time in prayer, I think let's just say a glory be together, you know, praise God for who he is and let us just be filled with gratitude and humility. And instead of looking to others and asking why they have something that we feel like isn't fair, but actually being appreciative and gracious for our own lives and what God's doing in our hearts and giving that glory back to God ultimately. So I invite you to pray with me in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, well without end. Amen. Amen, everyone. Thank you for joining me this week, and it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Hopefully, there was something in there that um, can just encourage you throughout your week. And yeah, I'm praying for you. Pray for us. Pray for Father Greg and for our parish, and we will be back with you next week. God bless. Thank you.